Welcome to another edition of Bertie and Paul. I'm delighted as always to be joined by Daniel Di Devani and Mickey Dahl. How are you doing? Very well. Uh, thanks, Paul. Nice to talk to you. Nice to speak to you, Dan. Good evening, gents. How are we doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. I, I kind of get the feeling that this is like we're moving into. I don't know, I would look at the Celtic. I kind of get that feeling we're moving into a different era. Like just miles away from the Celtic that we first knew, in terms of just massive influx of foreigners and stuff, it's just crazy. The even and was not happy about that. Or you, or you got a no, no, not at all. Like no, not at all. It's just, I just watching the interviews. Like there was, there was all the interviews, and it was all in Japanese, and the new players in Japanese. Kyogo won in the player of the month, I think, that he won that. That was all in Japanese, the translator. And you think, wow, Celtic have changed from, like, it's really an international team. I don't know if I ever go back to it, because, I mean, you must, I mean, if they buy this South Korean basic pop star, I mean, the markets they're open up is, is ginormous. You think you're ever going to get back to buying rubbish Norwich players again, you know? But did we not actually try and go down that route when we were signing um, Doobie and um, Cha Doody and the rest of them? And that went, for want of a better word, tits up. And then um, we kind of reverted back to what we knew. But this, this seems like we're going, I mean, geez, oh, how many? We've seen, we seen all the captain of China, Doody. Yeah, well, he was yeah, a pretty good player, wasn't he? Wow. What? Well, sorry, he's a pretty good write-up. You know that he way. Must drink, he must have been drinking that full time he was playing with. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're, you're. No, it's just in terms of global Celtic. You know that way. Years ago, you were thinking out what markets we could dip into. What could we do? How could we make the team bigger and a broader appeal? Oh, geez, oh, I mean, I mean in three transfer windows, we've kind of stepped right into it, haven't we? Total. Yep. It's, it's exciting, but it's kind of mad as well, you know. And it's worked so far, Touchwood. You know, it's some great results from it. And it's as in as in the lads we've got in, obviously, um, and long may it continue. If listen, I know somebody was saying, oh, what was the joke that was going around that um, a couple of years time you'll see or oh, Celtic are the first club to um, <laughs> to have a, a group of players all to to win the European Cup all within a sixty mile radius of Tokyo. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But no, I reckon it's, I have no any complaints about it. It's I've answered them brilliant so far. No, I, no, Mike. That's the thing. I'm just. It's just kind of struck me. That was all. That it's not. A, it's just wow. What's happening? You know. I mean, even you talking about KT and stuff like that. The Tierney. In my head, I thought Celtic. When I seen Tierney coming through, I genuinely thought. We were going to go all, not all Scottish, but we were going to become a more of a Scottish youth team, promote those players. Uh, whereas actually they're saying this tonight, the South Korean player, the reason how we're going to try and get was we're going to get a mass, we're, we're promoting a massive sell-on clause because we can tap into the Premier League. It's a different negotiation path, you know. But I thought in my head, I thought after KT we'd have more and more players going through it, which... Have we? Have we not? But really, we've really we've just changed, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think 
Ange Postecoglou is is making calls based on the, what he's got, his, what he has at his disposal, and what he's seen over in the J League. And he obviously fancies what he's seen in the J League more than what we've got in the in the B team coming through. Uh, you know, I noticed Stephen Welsh is like available now for. Well, that was a rumor that you know we'll listen to offers on Stephen Welsh, which mm-hmm. you know for me is a bit a bit of a shame. But you know, if he if he rates that new centre half that he that he signed from the J League and thinks he's going to be a better fit, and you know he's he's sticking around for the next few years, then absolutely, you know, you've got to go with that. Um, as long as he's doing the stuff, which it looks like he is doing with the B team in the background in terms of you know getting them playing in a style which means they can step up into the first team if and when required then you know that's all good but he obviously feels that the players he knows in the in the J League are um, you know that they're more yeah they're, they're more ready to just do what he wants them to do I suppose I mean he's I mean Danny's I don't think we've ever had a a, a manager with such a good strike rate in transfers would you agree? I think Mike Martin O'Neill started off. Joe Vengloss. Joe Vengloss was a hundred percent in his transfer. Was he? <laughs> same same four players. Right. I mean, when, when Mark Viduka actually arrived, right. Um, Lubomir Moravchik, hit. Mm-hmm. Johan Mjalbe, hit. And Vida Rise, good enough, good enough player for us. Oh, that I was the only four players yeah. he ever signed. Home run? 100%. Absolute home run. Yeah, Angie's a pretty good second, pretty close second at the moment. Even Aaron Boy is doing a turn, doing more than a turn now, after I kind of roll he's off. Kind of <laughs> 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 no, he's definitely coming on to it. Yeah. Again, it's just... But, where do you go, Dan? You go, no, Dan? no, you're just, you're just talking about the youth players and all that, and it's like, yeah, I, I agree with you, Mike. It is sad to see Welsh obviously leaving, but when you're bringing in someone like Iwata to take his place who's a J-League player of the year he knows the style of play that Ange I'm sure he knows what Ange likes to play I'm sure he's come across him many a time in the J-League and Ange likes him and obviously sees that he can do a job for us so if this guy's getting played of the year in the J-League he's I mean he's he must be half decent you know Um, so you kind of got to look at it for that aspect I is sad to see Welsh going but Sure, we're bringing in a better player. Um, but I think Postecoglou, he, he, he brought Young Vata through the Hibs game the other week. He's definitely keeping his tab on it. He, he, he played Ben Doak against Rangers to try and get him to stay. Obviously, mm-hmm. went to Liverpool. Um, I don't know how much input he had previously with Dumbelli. Um Mikey Johnson, obviously, he's just not worked out. He's out in loan. So, but I think he's definitely given him a chance. But when you can bring in a better player for maybe not too much you know what I mean we're not spending mad money on these guys like someone said the other day about, what did we spend was it 5 or 6 million in a jetty like what the yeah. <laughs> I mean you're spending 5 or 6 million and it's going down the swanee um, plus, it's, it's worth plus big big wages every week yeah because he came through West Ham didn't he yeah Jetty. West Ham always pay big wages because it's London <laughs> so um, no it's He's definitely he's definitely got an eye on the on the B team. There's no there's no question about that. But um, and he will give someone a chance if he can see that they'll add something. But is that is that like 
it's that international look of Celtic now. I mean, even the fact that we had two sort of really good players and the three good players in the World Cup, and then by the end of this transfer, we're probably going to have another, what, two, three players that Kyogo can start. I mean, that's pretty crazy, Celtic now having four, five, six Asian football, international football players playing for their team. Possibly, you know, that's that's pretty strong. I mean, remember all the days ago when we were wee boys and it used to be, could we buy some of the Irish team? And you'd, be, you'd put the Irish and the Scots together. Well, now Celtic have really turned up, and the Aaron Moyes and uh, Australian. Uh, it's, just, it's just, it's happened in a blink of an eye, and it's only when you start looking at it, you think, wow, um, this is, you know what it's like? It's like playing championship manager, which is thing we always go back to, but championship manager, it didn't matter who was there, you just bought the players if you didn't have any European laws. But they really, he's really stretching out and buying players from all over the place, and we're actually getting them as well, which is pretty good, you know. So, do you think, do you think we as a club are, are looking at different markets now, or do you think it is all like, because Postecoglou is kind of still just calling on his knowledge of Japanese football, or do you think we're throwing our net wider as a kind of club? Are we going to do that anyway, or is it, is it all down to Ange? I think it's down to Big Dom. You think? Big Dom, Big Dom. Laid, the, laid the foundations and went, see little guys, I'm out of here. Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> All hail Big Dom. That's yeah, that. Um, now, definitely, Poster yeah. Coglu has to take some credit for Like, I, I don't know the exact ins and outs of it, but yeah, I think he's had a, a definite influence on it. I don't know, who, who's, who is the head of the scouting team? Um, oh, son, in it now. Is, it, is that not what he does? Peter Lowell's son? I think you're right. You've said that. Yeah, I think you're right. So, but as much as Peter Lowell's not, yeah, well, yeah, he's certainly not universally popular, um, you can't argue with that. His son's credentials, you know, he was at Man City. Oh, sorry, not Man City, the City Soccer Group or whatever you call them, you know, and he was like, he was one of the, I don't know if he was one of the main guys there, but, you know, he, in terms of like running or being part of an organisation that is and does have a more international or global focus, you know, it can't be a coincidence that he's came to Celtic and we are getting your Alistair Johnsons in. We're looking to Argentina to get left backs. Um, yeah, it's probably a bit of everything, but I definitely think that the changes is not just the manager, but some of the changes behind the scenes are probably. It's good. I'm, I like. I'm all for it. You know, I, I think it's good as long as it is hand in hand with the B team getting, you know, playing the same way as the first team and more pathways as they call it being made available to those players to make the step up. And yeah, right. There, I think I do believe genuinely <coughs> if there are if there are players that are look like they're going to be good enough, I think he will give them the chance for sure. Especially, you know, risking the house, if you know what I mean, you know, throwing five, six, yeah. seven million in crazy wages. And it's mad how, like, it's not mad, sorry, it's it's great to see how we're pulling people from, like, obviously we've pulled Juranovic for Leisure Warsaw, then we're pulling Riley for MK Dons, then we're bringing your man for Canada, now Johnson. And obviously, you kind of expect T. Dance to get into the J League, you know what I mean, if he knows it, he knows it, but we're still pulling 
uh, players from all different areas, you know. And then obviously we've got Jackie and, Marcus from uh, the Dutch League as well. Sorry. And the other thing as well is like we're getting them, we're getting them in quickly. You know, we're not fannying about and you know getting protracted negotiations in the papers. Like remember, like you brought up Ayeti. Remember that was the one that went on for the whole summer, and it was like, oh, we're we going to sign him or Ivan Tony and. You know, just like we're just getting deals done before actually before we even sell the players that are are going to make way for the new signings. So I think that's another like good thing to see. You know that we're on the front foot rather than being reactive to these things. Yeah, so often over the years, you know, <laughs> right, growing up, it was always the deadline day. Celtic always there, always buying absolute randomers with five minutes to go and stuff yeah. and throwing money at them. Like <laughs> see when you see that a jetty or Tony. My God, the difference! What was his name? Yeah. Septic? What was his name? That boy, that striker. Oh, Skepovic. Skepovic. Oh. Remember, like we used to do mad things, like throw in a, a cheeky loan offer for James McFadden, even though Everton had bid like four million and stuff. Like, you know, like what are you doing? It was just all over the place. So there's a bit more strategic kind of. Uh, approach to the transfer windows now, which is which is needed, you know. Instead so they just going and getting Martin Rasmussen in for a couple of months, and he's absolute rotten. Yeah, but also still thought he looked good. He had a great <laughs> goals to game race. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing, also as well as which is a change in our sort of lifetime. Well, as a change, really, it, it's happened again. Is is that we used to put some sort of rationale between amount of money spent and talent. You know that way? So you'd link it together. So if you were to buy Duncan Ferguson for four million or one point five million or whatever, you knew you were getting four million worth of talent and you could rate what you were getting for that talent. Whereas now and obviously we went through the Rangers world of bumping a load about twelve million for flow and stuff like that. But you're like, okay, but he has a good player, he has scored X amount of goals. But now there's no link to money transfer. We're bringing players in. I, mean, I couldn't tell you. I mean, maybe is it Eddie, the last player we bought for money? I couldn't tell you a fee. All you're doing is looking at the, the guy, the person that's coming in, you know? It's not, it's not, like, it's not, we're not bombing our load. It's not a big splash. It's not big money, but it's, it's sensible. Um, it so is sensible, and as Mikey says, we're doing it quickly, so. It's like getting Johnson in, knowing that Juranovic is wanting to leave. You know what I mean? Things just getting ahead of the game until until waiting that he leaves. Like I heard, I heard one the day I was listening to a different podcast, and I heard one some boy talking about how how we knew Larson was leaving and the planning just didn't happen, didn't happen. Larson left, and then I think we ended up with Henri Kamara or something like that. You know what I mean? To replace Larson, you're going what in the name of God? Like it's absolute madness when you when you look back at it. You know. <laughs> yeah, like replace Larson, or we've got a couple of items in the agenda. Replace Larson, or fire out another DVD. Right, we'll just go move on to the DVD. <laughs> Let's get but as that, many out as possible. But that's how like, everybody knew he was gone. He wasn't. He, he didn't leave the whim. Like you know what I mean? It's, there was zero zero planning uh, to get an a suitable replacement. Or again, maybe I'll just come down to money and just like we'll go cheap again. Lastminute.com. Sounds like Celtic. Yeah, but I mean, that was, we were just about to bring in Gordon Strachan and basically downsize, weren't we? Um, I don't know how you would have reacted if 
Scott McDonald had turned up the, the season after Larson. They're like, hey, this is a replacement for Henrik Larson. Um, <laughs> we were just moving into a new era then, you know, which is a shame. Um, but yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. There was still no no planning for it. I mean, that was a world record loan fee for a, for a, for a player at the time, Henry Kamara. Let's not forget that. <laughs> is that another loan? Is it another loan? <laughs> world record loan fee. But I mean, those days, those days I've gone now. But the part, the point would be then that you could say, right, Sutton's six million, Hartson's six million. We knew, we knew we were getting money from somewhere, and we knew when you knew Hartson turned up, you knew he was a bit big. He was a bit of a big guy, and you're thinking, geez, he may have to lose a bit of weight. But you knew the minute he hit Celtic Park, he was scoring goals, and you and you knew he could take his if we get a bit of luck and a bit of uh, discipline on a bit of the team. We could go places with these players playing for us, you know, uh, because we knew that we knew we'd watch them in England. Whereas now, what you're getting, guys, is you're getting the whole podcast. I mean, I'm listening to lots of podcasts just now, or even the radio. They say, "I don't know much about them." <laughs> you're like, "No, no shit, Sherlock." <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it's just like uh, this. That I don't know much about them. Well. Yeah. What was it when Iwata was getting interviewed uh, in his press conference? One of the journalists said to him, "So, um, who do you base yourself on? Would there be any players we might have ever heard of?" Like it's world <laughs> football. Is the day like the Jesus Christ? Like Jiggy's guy came up with an amateur player from fucking South Tokyo or something. Like, come on, man! Like, what a question for a journalist. What did he answer? Did he give an answer? No, he didn't actually. He kind of spoke around oh, it, okay. but. Um, you're one there. Yeah, God's sake. What's your the blonde haired woman, this BBC reporter, Jane? Jane Jane was. Jane, uh, was Jane the Miller fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she was interviewing uh, Kyogo. And she's like, she was trying to get Kyogo to say things, like pure leading questions. And I was like, and he was kind of looking at his lads, so you think Celtic have won the league now? Like sort of those sort of questions, try to trip him up in his first or second interview. I'm like, you're a, that's not nice. That's just not <laughs> nice. What school did you go to? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Rangers not getting a penalty in this millennium? No, I mean, but she was she was trying to trick him up, and he was kind of looking at her and he's all happy, and you're like, you're just trying to get a cheap headline. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, but do, do we need to get anybody else in I suppose is the question then before the January window closes well I mean this the, the, the Japanese see this is the thing I'm losing track of what's going on here we've got a Japanese uh, the Japanese the, 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 the guy you were talking about is a midfield player Iwata yeah he's, he says he's like a number six yeah he said in his press conference, he's like a number six, so he says he can play there or like centre half. He's comfortable. So that answers my sort of question. We've got another midfield player in the park. The new Beaton. He's a new Beaton. But then, and then we've got another striker, and then, well, it looks like we've got another striker from South Korea, and then Jack and Marcus is saying goodbye. So do we need another striker, or do we need somebody else? Because remember, February time last year, both of them were injured and we were struggling. So, do we need, or do we go to the B team then? Is that where we go to, or, or do we just switch the three players we've got, play Maeda up front? 
because he seems to be playing, he seems to be really getting through the, he seems to be getting better and better uh, after the World Cup, so maybe that's what you do, you know? Who is the striker in the B team? Is it VAR? He's more a winger, isn't he? I, I can't think who the striker um, is. That Michael Dawson's nephew, Joey Dawson or something? Was it Ali Dawson? Ali, um, Ali Dawson used to play Rangers, didn't he? I did he. A boy called Dawson, anyway. Aye, Joey Dawson, the tall boy with the red hair. I think that's him. Yeah, yeah. I think he's the guy that plays up front um, for them. There's another lad called Rocco Quinn, is it? Or am I getting... Is it, or maybe I'm... I don't know, but I think Ro- he's a, he's definitely a forward. I don't know if... There's someone called Quinn that plays in a forward position. Um, Rocco, Rocco Vat is the wee boy that played corner against Hibs. Okay. And yeah, he, yeah. He's that striker. Is he a striker? Aye. Right. So I think the actual striker is the boy Dawson in the B team, like the number nine, effectively. Uh, I don't know if he's ready to make the step up. Um, you know, he's not been featured that much. I don't think. No, he played in a game, didn't he? He played in a league cup game, didn't he? I'm sure he did. But the fact he played against St Johnson last yeah. year when we were depleted. All right, okay, that's it. The facts are the facts are that this is now a strange sort of league because we've got the League Cup coming up, league games. We've got no European games, so Ange Postecoglou could. I mean, really, the January windows went from a window of just just despair, loan deals, and no forward planning to something that seems to be quite pinnacle in our planning for Europe. You know, because he's getting things. I mean, we were getting deals done before the the, champ, the, 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 the the window even opens and that's given us a bigger run into the summertime in the Champions League and also we've getting more time not to in the summer as well so it's went from a really annoying transfer window to me to just really interesting but again uh, from our point of view do we, is it, we ever happy with the amount of players we've got? I'm not sure I mean look we didn't even have a right back two weeks ago did we not? We had to fill in the right back. I had to fill in there. So maybe you're never going to have enough players unless you're Walter Smith and you had four teams to pick from back in the day. <laughs> Remember? So are you saying then, like, I are you saying, like, we're all right with the strike even if we lose Jack and Marcus? I, I'm kind of assuming that we're selling Jack and Marcus and this South Korean fella is the number one target. If we don't get him. I don't, will we sell Jack and Marcus? I don't. I'm surprised that he's up for sale, to be honest. And I wonder, you know, I wonder who's driving that. I wonder if it's the player himself or if Ange is just a bit like, ah, oh, what, he's freshen it up a little bit. And, you know, I don't know. It just it seems strange that we're so keen to punt him, to be honest. But the, the rumour is it's because he's not getting the game time. But she isn't, to be fair to him. I mean, uh, you know what I mean? But, you and, know, um, he was getting a lot more, you know, as I said the last, the last time... Um, you know, even when Kyogo was fit last year, Jack and Marcus was getting a lot more gearing time. So, you know, I, although Ange would never say it publicly, I wonder whether, you know, I mean, it'll be a bit of everything, but you know, Ange is not going to, I'm sure Ange would put up a bit of a fight if, if Kyogo was going to go. He seems fairly sanguine or, you know, happy to let Jack and Marcus go, presumably if he can get this replacement. So, you know, it's in, it's interesting. I, I really like him. I really like Jack and Marcus. I'll be sad to see him go, but you know. Um, but you're now, but what we're doing is you're, you're getting full Ange. You're getting a guy who 
like you're reading Martin O'Neill's book, or I suppose you've got Martin O'Neill's book, a guy, Martin O'Neill had kind of full control of Celtic for a while, didn't he? He'd full control of what he was doing. Ange Postacoglu seems to have full control of Celtic, so you're getting now a full Ange team. And Glakimakis, if he goes, he goes. But now, you know that sort of thing, and Ange we trust and all that. Remember Neil Lennon, we trust him, all that sort of thing. And this really is now, that's it. This is what we're seeing. So how good a manager is Postacoglu, we'll see it now, if we can live without yeah. that physical presence, with which basically dragged us through last year. A number of games for me, but then Postacoglu maybe doesn't see that as a value or sees that he can bring somebody else in. I, I, I think Jack Marcus sees that Kyogo's always his first choice. He's always going to be Angie's first choice, whether he likes it or not. You know, as I, I Kyogo was out for a good length of time, um, Jackie Marcus came in and done a decent job. He's still got a good record, but he just he's not getting the games. Now, that's my assumption, it, but. I could be totally wrong. To go to Japan, that would be a strange move. Like that was, the, 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 I know it's all just paper talk and speculation, but I don't know. The English team, the English team, not really spend money in the January transfer window because you're kind of. I would have thought Juranovic should have been snapped up by a team down in England. I thought that you know Jack and Marcus could certainly do a job down there, but none of these English teams seem to be in the kind of market to spend money. I don't know if it's the kind of fair play stuff down there, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm surprised that we're letting these players go. I'm also surprised that there's a lack of suitors from from England for them. But yeah, I don't know. It's because um, yeah, interesting. get the players into the place. Well, interesting enough, when you look at that and the, the guy's name that came up at the weekend was Josh what Josh Windass. So jo- Josh Windass was a player of some sort of note in Scotland years ago. But remember, Josh Windash used to be linked to Scumfort for like six million. You know what I mean? Like it was all these mad teams. Whereas Glakimakis, for in my eyes, would be a perfect player for that world. But as you say, Mike, there's none of these deals coming up. So maybe there's just no money, or maybe they're just. I mean, I think Chelsea bought somebody from they bought they bought Jota, didn't they, from Atletico or something? Just there, so. Maybe they're just being a bit more careful with their money. And also, also interesting enough, Chelsea are using a lot more of their youth players than the 8 million players they've actually got. So maybe that's the way they're looking at it. But certainly, I didn't. I, if that had been years ago, Glackamack has definitely been in England by now. Definitely, because he's a 10 million euro striker back in the day. But now maybe there's just yeah. nothing there. He looks the part, he yeah. seems to physically remember your man. What was his name? The guy that's plays for Dundee United now. Uh, drives his fancy cars. Fletcher. But Fletcher. I mean, Fletcher Fletcher earned a fortune down doing half the things that Glakimakis can do. And Glakimakis yeah. scores. Yelvich um, for Rangers, remember him went down to Hull or something like that? Yeah. Scored, scored goals. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. It's it, an interest. It was four odd million. I mean, it's he, interesting. He, he get. He get but yeah. And the fact is that he's been played in Europe as well. So I mean, like I mean, we know you know my views on him, and that's fine. But then this is the what the world we're in, and Postecoglou stated if nobody wants to be there, they'll move them on. That's great. Let's move them on, and 
and then we see what we get when the, 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 the transfer window dies down you see exactly what we've got you've got a cushion as well remember we do have a cushion now so that cushion might come to play as the great Beal just starts ripping through with Brian half injured Norwich players uh, so we'll see what happens but certainly we've got a bit of a can still have an edge to us and also uh, we've got time which again this is great for Celtic it's just great for being a Celtic fan isn't it like when does it when has this ever 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 happened ever it's always good being a Celtic fan oh yeah know that that's a damn stock question <laughs> <laughs> but, but it, well, is it? Is it? Well, let's move us on to the next topic then of the what's been going on in Scotland, which I don't really talk about, but the the VAR and all that sort of stuff that's kicking in. And what's what's your? I never asked you what the view of Dan. Do you get? Do you or Mikey? We'll go Mikey first of all. Do you get angry about it? Like I'm noticing a lot. Some people are getting angry that Rangers don't get a penalty since 1975, and I just I just kind of. Maybe that's why I moved away from Scotland. Maybe I couldn't deal with the the, the agony of. Yeah. I mean, look, I agree. I, I'm I'm with you. Like, I feel like it's baked in. To be honest with you, I just assume. Like my brother was texting me about that Connor Goldsman during the Celtic Rangers game, and I was like, "We're never going to get a penalty, a contentious penalty." At Ibrox, I remember. Neil Lennon getting absolutely taken out in one of the games that he played back in the day right in front of the Copeland Road end or whatever the, the whatever where all the Rangers fans are the government I can't remember but anyway um, the clear as day penalty Sean Maloney was another one that got taken out and it just weren't given and I just assume now that we have to we have, if we're going to beat Rangers we need to you know, we need to do it by playing well and not be relying on any, any not not gifts from the referee, but any intervention from the officials to to allow us to achieve that. So, no, I don't get angry for that reason, is that I expect it. Um, but it has been noticeable how Postacoglu first came here. He was like, oh, I don't talk about referees. I don't, you know, uh, but it's it's finally got to him. It's finally got to him. You know what I mean? And he's finally off the fence and he's like, yeah, he said they'll never even themselves up over the course of the season. So, um, so no, I mean, look, you know, we're, we're doing exactly the right thing. We're, we're top of the league by nine points because we've played really good football and just have to accept can you change it? I don't see how you can because I think you know it's always been the same. It's like people that become referees are probably recruited through networks of you know angel supporting types of. Um, that's just the way I the way I see it. But, but maybe, maybe I've got a completely you know but okay, wrong so, view of that. But but maybe now is is Celtic and a blink of eye and eyes became like an international club. Maybe with VR and people, younger people watching more and more international football, more and more European football, we're getting wall-to-wall Champions League, European Cup, different European games, and we're watching so much VAR decisions, I mean, and so much discussion regarding VAR decisions. Is this the time, and with all the statistical, analytical stuff that goes in all the time to football, the the fact is that the the box is getting smaller and smaller for them to 
to say, what was it, what was it, the, always the phrase that oh, Rangers would have won anyway? It's not becoming like a, like the Sunday Times, it's not yesterday's newspaper, it's becoming factual. It's very hard for referees and to actually come back and say, well, look, there's no club in the world that's not got a penalty, but Rangers are standing there. I mean, just it, 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 it stats and VR and stuff like that, does it not just start making their position farcical? That they just never. What do you think, Dan? We might well, see a change. To, to, to start, I'll add another one at the list of Mikey's is Stefan Mahe's at the Brumon Road end when Kinchelski's done him. Was a, that's the biggest stonewaller as well. And then the famous George Cadetti offside when the, the ex Hearts fucking centre half was about, I'd say about four feet playing him on. And the ref gave that was that was when we were going for the league that year as well, remember? Um, Mc, uh, was it Tommy Burns here, wasn't it? Was it McGee? Uh, our voice of football. Uh, he he thought it was a goal, didn't he? They, was, they just thought it was a goal. Uh, there was something, wasn't there? The commentator thought it was a goal. Uh, it, was all, it was just all crazy. The VAR, like the, the sorry, the only thing it's benefiting, I think, is uh, offside. You know, the um, if, if we want to jump into like um, the Premier League in England, like the one with Salah the other night, I, I can't remember who they were playing, but the ball got put through. Salah was offside. A defender intervened because he actually tried to play the ball, but it actually went to Salah, who was still standing offside at the time. He was allowed to be onside, and then he scored. Now, that's just absolute madness. But I think the offside is it's clear as day. If you're any part of your body's offside, you're offside, and that's fair enough. At least you know where you stand in it to that extent. But when they bring in that thing with if, Salah the other night, if the camera is is uh, <laughs> pointed in, uh, not pointed on the dugout. Uh, <laughs> exactly. If the camera's yeah. not on the top of the county buildings, you might be able to miss out. Yeah. But um, but from the other perspective, the um, I've said it before that the referees have to be mic'd up, or you have to be hearing what the guy's saying in the VAR box because how the Goldson one um, never get looked at, or how the penalty decision for us never get looked at or how the hell they came at a decision or what they did, you need to be hearing it because it's just creating far more controversy, far more controversy. Um, it, it's getting beyond the joke. Now, I mean, the referee can't say now, oh, I've I never seen it because that's what they've said many a time, or I've never seen it. Now they can't miss it, but they're still no giving it. So there needs to be an explanation as to why they're no giving it. This fucking black and white is... It's, 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 that's the only thing that frustrates me it's like it's a stone wall everybody can see it's a stone wall penalty so how's one two guys decided that it's not a penalty but that's everybody th- else is saying it is everybody but that's the thing I, with Mikey was saying I'm, Mikey no but you're you're right Mikey what you're saying is totally correct what I'm, what I'm saying now is the world is narrowing in on them the new world the, the football's coming through and the, the, you just can't get away with you just can't get away with what they've got away with. The fact of the matter is, they've not had a penalty kick for what three years, really but one. Still, but they, but they're still want, uh, No, but but what I'm saying is, it's beginning. It, it's beginning to. It's beginning to. The points begin to sharpen because of this but, statistical analysis and VAR. You've really got nowhere to hide. You can't really keep not going to VAR and penalty kicks. I mean, Celtic can't take that. I mean, every other club. If it's a Scottish Cup final, say for instance the League Cup final in a couple of weeks' time, it's all over. What do they keep saying? It's all over the world. It's all over Britain, and there's everybody watching it. The expectation is is it goes too far. They can't bury this. Who have they got to answer? 
No, because it's been going for years and years and years and years. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, as Mikey says, it's came to the point where you're like, ah, yeah, we're not getting that. Oh, yeah, I, no, I get that, and I'm not arguing. I'm saying you're, you're totally right, but the fact is that we are. It seems like we're moving in a, a different. It seems like like it might be it. There might be a chance for it to start to level up a bit. Maybe I hope, I hope you're right. How would you do it though? I, I mean, right, just give them just apply the rules. About, yeah, but practically, I, I just don't think you know the the people that run the SFA, the way you know the referees are picked and the networks that come through. I just think it's a like an endemic problem. You know, so what is going to change that? Like, I, I, I don't, I don't think anything is going to change it unless, like they have said before, for maybe the showpiece finals or the Celtic Rangers games, the ones that go around the globes. Why, you know, why can't you pay a bit of extra money and get foreign referees in? To, to you know, it's been talked about before. Um, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't have a problem with that. I, you know, if Rangers or whoever were playing in cup finals, they, you know, why would they have a problem with it? It's, pretty obvious when you look at those statistics there's a fairly good case for you know Celtic would have to be the ones presumably you know to go and make the case uh, you know to Sky Sports or, or however it works I don't know but you know we should we should decide to you know to start stumping up the cash and, and bringing in referees I don't care if they're from England or you know or whatever countries that have made good use of our um, to come in and and uh, and manage the games. I mean that that would, you know, at least for some of the games. And then if that makes a difference, and you know, generally feel like you've got a better, um, you know, a, a, a better outcome from the game that you know it's not being ruined by VAR. The appropriate decisions are going to VAR. That would be a good first step. And that would maybe shame them into acting. Yeah, that's maybe the only way you could start if you brought people from the outside do it, they do a better job and it's like, well, there you go, there's your template, that's what you should be doing, Scottish referees. But I think that's the only way you could ever do it and I, yeah, I don't know, it feels like it's always something that we talk about. I, I really don't know whether Celtic would, would be able to, to do it. I, I don't know. You, you, just, you, just, you just got to be able to hear what they're saying. It's simple. Rugby does it. It works. I can we know that. Also, as well as like, it, okay, we'll finish this one. But the fact is that, like, a modern day Hugh Dallas, whatever, like Hugh Dallas got to pinnacle. I mean, he, he sorry, he got to his referee and pinnacle. He made money out of it and all that carry on. But he was able to do that through Scotland, through networking, and then get his games in Europe and games. I think the World Cup of the Euros, whatever. And there's been a couple of referees have done that. There is no way any referee in Scotland's going to get one of those kind of big games anymore. No way, because they, if they're if they're seen to be giving decisions or not using VAR, they're not going to get dollar games. So maybe that'll be it. Maybe a, a proper referee will come in and start refereeing. But yeah, maybe like this. We we are we are sort of washed out with us. We've I mean, we could probably spend ten minutes on YouTube and we could probably fire up with fifty seven clips. The remember of people being fouled in the box and nothing being given. But. The fact is that maybe things are changing, and maybe maybe they're not. Maybe you're right. This is the thing: these Scottish referees are getting used abroad. Like Bobby Madden was there the other day in the Greek uh, derby in Greece. Um, what was the other one? Beaten was over there in one in uh, one of the Arab countries as well. There's a good video so on YouTube of him getting chased. Then? 
Yes, I Bobby Madden's done it. Beaton's definitely done it. A hundred percent. We should we should definitely be pushing for that then to get. There's a, there's a great video on YouTube of Beaton basically getting, nearly getting attacked on on the pitch. Boy gone mental at me. He just stands up to him, just stares him down. That's <laughs> great. But See, no, it like, definitely happens. The MLS, the MLS. I think from what I don't watch lots of MLS, but I've seen clips of people saying like the MLS use VAR really well, and I think they do have what you say, Dan. I think that you can go you go into the VAR room and you hear a very clear. Or maybe it was Australia, but I can't. You know, one of these places, a very clear, like, justification for why they've made this decision. And, you know, it's definitely, certainly for the showpiece games, that is what, you know, that should not be a big ask. Um, but the other thing about this, the ongoing one, just now that we keep on going back to the Connor Goldson one, and where they had bloody Kenny Clark on the radio on Saturday, and it was just, oh, it was a shit show, to be honest. It was embarrassing. <laughs> but, um, you know, at the start of the season, all all anyone was talking about was uh, you know, hands in unnatural position, right? So that was the thing, right? So I thought, right, okay, I, I get that that's the rule. Your hands are in an unnatural position. So that time, like Bernabe's one get given, that was the reason. Oh, yeah, that's an unnatural position. Oh, all right, fair enough. And then after the Conor Goldson one, and that wee guy, the wee the wee Mosher guy, the, um, the Richard Foster guy, um, and and Stuart Bugle, or the emo guy, whatever he is, I don't know, right? He's got this new little, he's got this new little bit on the BBC website where him and Stuart Dougal, I think his name is, an ex-ref, sit and talk, sit and talk, talk through his decisions. And they were honestly just like making stuff up. They were like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, his hands are, his, his arms are in an unnatural position, but he's not making himself bigger. And it's got to be, you know, he's got if he's not making and I'm like, all right, where did this make himself bigger back come in? Is that is that more important than being in a natural position? Could you be that unbelievable? They're, they're all over the place. And you, but they're kind of explaining it to you as if you're the idiot, you know, like, oh I well, you know, obviously they're in an unnatural, but he's not it's like, well, I didn't even know that was the rules, and you know, yeah. Uh-huh. It's all over the place. But the thing is, but the, the thing is, the fun, the fundamentals of Scottish Scotland is that Celtic are the, are the dominant team in Scotland by a long, long stretch. And if, if Postecoglou keeps doing what he's doing, they need to go. They need to not have any penalty kicks to even get close to. Us, you know, you know that way. It's like it'd be, it'd be different, and, and things are moving whatever direction they're moving in. But when we were boys, geez, oh, it was just like, oh, like we were getting close and getting kicked down now. They're even, it's just farce. They're making themselves look like two bits because they're just, they're not even getting close to us. Even after getting all the decisions, you know, you know that way, it actually just makes me more smugger because I'm like, you can't even get close to us and you're, not, you're nine points behind us and you still can't. They get one league and I think they'll get one league in 20 years, I think. I think I'll be seeing retirement before because I think Rangers are Rangers really need to have big European runs and stuff for like that. I just don't think get any chance. But then maybe maybe I'll be wrong, you know. Uh, so, and did you anybody here that did you read the Martin Neil book, Mikey? You'd have read it, would you? Did you get a copy of it? I, I do. Aye, I've got a signed copy of it. I might add. Not that, not that he signed it. They were just randomly selling signed copies and. Waterstones in Kingston 
Oh, yeah, it's very good. Um, <laughs> it's what the man sign it, surely. Did you just sign it? Well, he signed. It's a signed copy, but I didn't walk up and say, Hi, Martin, here's my book. Will you Hi, sign Martin. It? <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, to the point, I haven't read it yet. I've got a massive pile of books, and I'm what showing it on the screen, but that I, Dan says he can't see me on the screen. But yeah, signed copy, and I haven't started reading it yet. Um, I wonder if you will talk about the world record loan signing of Henri Kamara. Dan, you, Dan, you've read it, surely? I haven't, no. Maybe I'll get Maybe have that, maybe you, that's a homework. Have you got it? You have got it, surely. Did you get it, Dan? No, I don't read books. I don't read... I read <laughs> nothing. Honestly. Can you buy the, the, the Kindle audio? Would you listen to a book? I would actually listen to you, O'Neill. I, I don't have the patience to uh, listen to a book, to be honest with you. I've not got the patience for this, to be honest. But that's another conversation. O'Neill's <laughs> <laughs> doing the whole tour, but I'm going to... something on the TV you want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Might put your standards on again. <laughs> My, uh... No, I, I watch, I watch Selig and I watch... Uh... I watch the news to see what's happening in the world then that's it you Games get, you get an odd phone call from me every week don't you every day I, my, the rest of my time's taking up doing coaching <laughs> Mikey I spoke to Dan today and it's it, it, it's bleak it's a bleak he's got a bleak life it, it, see I didn't encourage my children to go into the GA so the GA is a very it's, it's basically it's, it's a very organised it's yeah. modern day slave. It's modern day slave labour. It's a very, very. It's the most organised amateur, professional amateur uh, game in the world. It's on, and it's these guys love it. Brilliant community. But Dan's took his kids to f- full Irish world, but it means that Dan, <laughs> Dan, Dan Dan's got no life. <laughs> that's, 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 that's equivalent to Disney World there. Well, that's I'm just full pelt, but I love it. It's great. GA speaking Irish, you can't go down. Whereas I sort of veered <laughs> away from that angle. Do you ever play Harlan or is it pot is it posh folk that play Harlan? Yes, posh folk play Harlan, yes I play it, yes. Alright. No, I posh folk don't play Harlan. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> no, they do they, they do oh, yeah. GA football in Harlan. So Gaelic football ah, okay. and Harlan. Is that the same thing? Ah right, okay. I know, so it's G- 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 a, is the obviously overall, but it's they do Gaelic football and hurling. Whereas you get some teams that only do football, and some teams that only do hurling. Um, so you get counties where they just focus on one sport. For example, Kilkenny are massive at hurling, Kerry are massive at football. Um, but at my son's club, they do both. So one week it's hurling, the next week it's football. So it's it's good for them. It's great for the kids, you know. And then I've got yeah, them playing soccer as well. Thing. So it's. It's constant. And that's just my son, so that's his other as well. Mikey, actually, Mikey, like, it, so that, that, when I'm watching Joshua play football, I'm always up at different. So there's always different sports on, so I always go for a walk. I don't really like watching them that much anymore. So I go for a walk. Or even I go for a walk around all the pitches, and honestly, Mikey, when you when you retire, you come over and sit with me. We'll just go and sit and watch a GA game, just like a. Just a hurling game and a pitch. The old guys just sit and watch it, and it's brilliant. It's so good just to watch an amateur game. No, like just two clubs going at it, and just sitting have a few drinks and just sit there happy out. It's such a good game to watch. There's always something going on. 
there's always and there, and there, Dan, there's always something. It's fabulous. Going. It's just so fast. It's it's absolutely brilliant. The skill is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. No, it's brilliant. If you ever get a chance to go to a live match, I totally recommend it. Yeah, there, there you go, Mikey. You, you can come over. I'll take you to a game. I'll take you to a yeah, game if you want. There's, there's, a, there's an open invitation. So yeah, so Crow so, Park. Crow Park. Well, but even just down the down the road, like the skill level of the guys that you've got to play it to even stay, get yourself on the pitch. I mean, there's not really much, Dan. If that ball comes over at you and it's it's one on one marking, so it's like a game within a game, isn't it? It really I is. Missing. Yeah, and you, you, your guy, if the guy's on you, he's on you, and you've got to win that battle. What is it? Win your individual battles. It really is a battle, and skill plays a big part in that battle. It's just not brute force. You've got to get, you've got to, just to give yourself a second. So I, I love you, watching it. If you give a lad five foot of space and he's about forty or fifty meters out for goal, chances are he's going to get a point. This is the thing. Like you're forty meters out. You gave the guy five foot of space and he'll probably still put over the bars. That's why you need to stick to him like glue. Yeah. It's ridiculous. The fitness level. So, yeah, Mikey, there we go. That's <coughs> a, there's a, there's a, you can come over and Dan's got a lovely, you've got a lovely lamp, a wooden floor, haven't you? That I'm going to stay. I've got a lovely wooden floor, yes. Dan, Dan, MD, so MD can was, stay on it. MD's was, listening to the podcast, just get in touch. So I was getting kicked out of my house last week, I think. On a different WhatsApp group, and then Dan said, You can't stay with me. I was like, Just Dan, no chance, no hope. But yeah, so okay, I, I might read the Martin O'Neill book. Or, I, don't, I don't know, would he do it in audio? I'd love to, do, I could do Martin O'Neill's book in audio, couldn't I? Just like do the voiceover and just send it in him, send it in. Everything's in audio these days, everything. Yeah, I think I think it is. I think when you, if you write an autobiography like Martin O'Neill does, I think. That's part of the deal. You do the the audio version of it as well. Okay, well, I'll look that Audible's up. Audible's the thing. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Um, never. I've never bought one, but I do think that's the deal. I've got ten sure. credits. Ten credits. I'm sure, I, I'm sure I like. So did it tell you if push comes to shove? <laughs> Doing an all Alexa, because my Alexas are my Google or whatever is an iPhone series in Irish. It's not as an Irish sounding woman for some bizarre reason. So. I'll get them, to get, get them to say it in a Northern Ireland accent, I mean. So, okay. so, how many games have we got left? 17? Yeah, plus we'll get Kilmarnock at the weekend. We bit the old uh, Derek McInnes, know what I mean? No, Kilmarnock have to uh, come out this comes, game. Here comes Alan Power again. He's just put, put some of the players, like, put that Abiel guard on, just someone that we don't care about that much because he's just going to be another hatchet for another hatchet job and big laugh at his back I know what I liked about Celtic but is the I think the, pe- the pennies dropped about getting to the front post isn't it you watch Celtic at the weekend that, that sort of through the back pass moving the, the, the winger on and putting the ball at the front post because Kyogo seems to be getting to know that he's got to be there because that's where the ball is going so hopefully we just yeah get scored early against come on I can just put them away it was quite funny uh, Bertie on the uh, Bertie on the WhatsApp chat on Saturday was I'd say not being so kind to uh, Bernabe the um, the Argentinian left back <laughs> and he just he just this amazing through ball like they just cut Kilmarnock uh, in half and um, you know it was a major Major reason for that first goal that was put in the front post. So I love those passes. Uh, I love keep, those keep passes. Up, <laughs> I love those passes, but that's 
that's great football, isn't it? And that's a good European oh, yeah, football, yeah, just moving the ball, you know. But that's you... what you want, isn't it, from the, the inverted fullback, isn't it? You want them to kind of step into the middle of the park and start, you know, producing passes like that, cutting defences open. It's a great ball. And I mean, that's one thing you can, was it to say, that's one thing you can say about Derek McInnes, he always gets his team set up well. You're like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> So Dan, okay, so I'm away to watch rugby at the weekend. Make here you can come up if you want. Stephen's coming up to Glot Cheltenham. So we're gonna go and watch uh, Glot is it Leinster versus Gloucester. We've got blue wigs we're wearing and I need to find myself a Leinster. Do you have a Leinster top? Dan You're wearing a blue wig. Well yeah, well I'm sort of there's fourteen of us going, so they've all wearing blue blue wigs. Have a word to yourself. I'll have been crying on the group saying I don't want to do it I don't want to do it but I mean not really nobody's just listening to me and then I've got to find myself a Leinster top as well do you have a Leinster top Dan? Nope because yeah. it's blue no. so anyway that's, that's <laughs> what I've got same, to the do the same reason I don't have a Dublin top because <laughs> it's blue I get given one actually I won one I won one in, I won one in Crow Park all those years ago before the one in the, the, the Doll Island I went to a thing they did a couple of days before it, a corporate thing, and I won the, the Dublin top, so I've still got it somewhere. It's a nice one. Never will be worn. I think it's signed off someday. But yeah, so that's what we're looking forward to. I'll watch and then hopefully <laughs> sounds like Mikey's book, signed off someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, random. We'll just yeah. have, hopefully fingers crossed this commander game goes well and then it's Marin and we just kick on. We, but the thing is that Celtic can't really get they've got they're buying so many different players they're bringing people like Johnstone that there's no real sign of us sort of slowing up we've got to just keep going at this and that could be a that could be a winning formula you know what I mean in terms of a trophy count this year which would be fantastic and the League Cup really is that's the start of it be so I enjoy it like Jota like it's been missing like Jota's come back in now and that Postacoglu obviously mentioned how he had a bug and he was out a bit and his confidence was down a bit but that goal's picked him up hopefully so hopefully he'll shine again against Kilmarnock and then fly in at the second half of the season yeah, we shall see we shall see we'll see so you enjoy your you're away in the weekend as well Dan with your, your next weekend next weekend you yeah. got you got to you got Arsenal this weekend next weekend no next weekend next weekend okay so uh, yeah, good for you. Good for you. And Mikey Dal, are you you get any Fulham games? Are you going to make? You know, is that is that? I kind of dropped off a wee bit with the Fulham. Um, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I've completely dropped. No, I don't go anymore. Um, I just when Celtic have got lots to offer, I'd rather just spend my money coming up to Glasgow and going to watch them. So, um, yeah, no, I don't don't go to much English football anymore. That, uh, my actual my nearest team now is that AFC Wimbledon and I, I reckon if I ever have some time at the weekend and you know don't have anything to do I might wander down and watch them AFC Wimbledon because they're back in the area now are they yeah yeah they're, they're the old Wimbledon dog track and they're back playing there that's only like a 20 minute walk from my house so yeah they'll, they'll maybe be my new team it's pretty good, isn't it? I always thought they were just it would be so expensive for them to come back into that sort of world, you know. We yeah, we actually I think about it, Wimbledon. I mean, they should be a brilliant club, shouldn't they? In London, shouldn't they really? Yeah, 
they've still got a lot of loyal fans. You see them about on game day and match days and stuff. So, yeah, very weird. Kinda, they've, they've climbed back up the league. So, so, yeah, I think I'll go and start watching them. Yeah, good, good. Well, good, good. Well, I'll enjoy my blue wig and my... <laughs> I'm not wearing it. I'm not wearing it. I don't care. I pay, like, like we're going to get you a blue wig, blah blah, and then the guys are right. Everybody put their twelve euros in and Revolut for the blue wig. I'm like, so you want me to wear something that I don't want to wear, and you want me to give twelve quid for it? I'm like, what part of this game? And then they're just going to take pictures of me with the blue wig on, and then they're going to send it to everybody, and I'm just going to get slagged. So there's, I don't win at all at this. I'm not really bothered about. I'm not really bothered about the rugby. I just want to go over and have a laugh. You know what I mean? So I'm going to get. So there's, there's Mikey starting off the Martin O'Neill book now. <laughs> Sorry, Martin O'Neill says I just told everybody pass it to Larson. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Well, thanks everybody for listening. Really appreciate it and. Uh, yeah, thanks guys, that was fantastic and uh, we'll hopefully see you next week. Fingers crossed, take care. Cheers guys. See you later. Cheers. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye.